0: Part 9 of a slave is a slave by H. Beam Piper. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9. Two days before the opening of the convocation the Irma came into radio range 5 light hours away and began transmitting in taped matter at 60 speed. Erskill's report and his own acknowledged a routine well done for the successful annexation commendation for shatrak's handling of the landing operation orders to take over aditya alif and begin construction of a permanent naval base notification of promotion to base admiral and blank commission as line commodore that would be patrick morville and advice that one transport cruiser gol with an army contragravity brigade aboard and two engineering ships would leave odin for aditya in fifteen days the last two words erased much of the new base admiral's pleasure fifteen days great canoe and those tubs won't make near the speed of irma getting here we'll be lucky to see them in twenty and beelzebub only knows what'll be going on here then four times the big screen failed to respond they were all crowded into one of the executive conference rooms at the proconsular palace the batteries of communication and recording equipment incongruously functioning among the gold-encrusted luxury of the original masterly furnishings shatrak swore andry i thought your people had planted those pickups where they couldn't be found he said to commander duvrin there is no such place sir the intelligence officer replied just places where they are hard to find did you mention our pickups to Chimid or Husset, or any of the rest of the Shaveheads? Shatrak asked Erskill. No, I didn't even know where they were. And it was the Freedmen who found them, Erskill said. I don't know why they wouldn't want us looking in. Lawns Degbrend at the screen, twisted the dial again, and this time the screen flickered and cleared, and they were looking into the convocation chamber from the extreme rear above the double doors far away in front olvir nicolon was rising behind the golden onyx bench and from the speaker the call bell tolled slowly and the buzz of over two thousand whispering voices diminished nicolon began to speak seven and a half centuries ago our fathers went forth from Morglay to plant upon this planet a new banner it was evidently a set speech one he had recited year after year and every lord chairman of the presidium before him the splendid traditions the glories of the masterly race the all-conquering space vikings the proud heritage of the sword worlds lawns was fiddling with the control knobs stepping up magnification and focusing on the speaker's head and shoulders then everybody laughed Nicolon had a small plug in one ear, with a fine wire running down to vanish under his collar. Degbrin brought back the full view of the convocation chamber. Nicolon went on and on. Von Shatrak summoned a robot to furnish him with a cold beer and another cigar. Erskil was drumming an impatient devil's tattoo with his fingernails on the gold-encrusted table in front of him. Lons Degbrin began interpolating sarcastic comments, and finally Payer Ravni, who came from La reverted to the idiom of his planet's favorite sport. "'Come on, come on, turn out the bull. What's the matter, is the gate stuck?' If so, it came quickly unstuck, and the bull emerged pawing and snorting. "'This year other conquerors have come to Aditya. Here to plant another banner, the sun and cogwheel of the galactic empire, and I blush to say it, we are as helpless against these conquerors as were the miserable barbarians and their wretched serfs whom our fathers conquered seven hundred and sixty-two years ago, whose descendants until this black day had been our slaves. He continued, his voice growing more impassioned and more belligerent. Count Erskil fidgeted. This wasn't the way the Chimid-Huzhet Constitution ought to be introduced. So perforce we accepted the sovereignty of this alien empire. We are now subjects of His Imperial Majesty Roderick III. We must govern Aditya subject to the Imperial Constitution groans, boos, cat-calls, if the Edithian equivalent of cats made noises like that. At one stroke, this constitution has abolished our peculiar institution upon which is based our entire social structure. This I know. But this same imperial constitution is a colopsium strong shielding let me call your attention to article one section two every empire planet shall be self-governed as to its own affairs in the manner of its own choice and without interference mark this well for it is our guarantee that this government of the masters by the masters and for the masters shall not perish from aditya prolonged cheering now these arrogant conquerors have overstepped their own supreme law they have written for this mastership a constitution designed for the sole purpose of accomplishing the liquidation of the masterly class and race they have endeavored to force this planetary constitution upon us by threats of force and by a shameful attempt to pervert the fidelity of our chief slaves i will not insult these loyal servitors with this disgusting new name freedmen so that we might a second time be tricked into voting assent to our own undoing but in this they have failed our chief slaves have warned us of the trap concealed in this constitution written by the proconsul count erskyll my faithful to charles has shown me all the pitfalls in this infamous document Obray count erskyll was staring in dismay at the screen then he began cursing blasphemously the first time he had ever been heard to do so And as he was at least nominally a pantheist, this meant blaspheming the entire infinite universe. The rats! The dirty, treacherous rats! We came here to help them and look they've betrayed us. He lost his voice in a wheezing sob, and then asked, Why did they do it? Do they want to go on being slaves? Perhaps they did. It wasn't for love of their lord's master, he was sure of that. Even from the beginning they had found it impossible to disguise their contempt. Then he saw old Vir Nikolon stop short and thrust out his arm, pointing directly below the pickup, and as he watched, something green-gray, a remote-control contragravity lorry, came floating into the field of the screen one of the vehicles that had been sent down from the empress eulalie for use at the uranium mines as it lifted and advanced toward the center of the room the other lord's master were springing to their feet von shatrak also sprang to his feet reaching the controls of the screen and cutting the sound he was just in time to save them from being at least temporarily deafened for no sooner had he silenced the speaker then the lorry vanished in a flash that filled the entire room when the dazzle left their eyes and the smoke and dust began to clear they saw the convocation chamber in wreckage showers of plaster and bits of plasterboard still falling from above the gold and onyx bench was broken in a number of places the chiefs of management in front of it and the presidium above had vanished among the benches lay black-clad bodies a few still moving smoke rose from burning clothing admiral shatrak put on the sound again from the screen came screams and cries of pain and fright then the doors on the two long sides opened and red-brown uniforms appeared the soldiers advanced into the chamber unslinging rifles and submachine guns unheeding the still falling plaster They moved forward, firing as they came. A few of them slung their firearms and picked up masterly dressed swords, using them to finish the wounded among the benches. The screams grew fewer and then stopped. Count Erskill sat frozen, staring white-faced and horror-sick into the screen. Some of the others had begun to recover and were babbling excitedly. shatrak was at a communication screen talking to commodore patrick Morville aboard the empress eulalie all the landing troops and all the crewmen you can spare and arm and every vehicle you have this is only the start of it there'll be a general massacre of masters next i don't doubt it's started already at another screen pierre ravney was saying to the officer of the day of the palace guard no there's no telling what they'll do next whatever it is be ready for it ten minutes ago he stubbed out his cigarette and rose and as he did erskyll came out of his daze and onto his feet commodore shatrak I-, I mean admiral he corrected himself we must reimpose martial rule i wish i'd never talked to you into terminating it look at that he pointed at the screen big dump lorries were already coming in the doors under the pickup with a mob of gowned civil service people crowding in under them, they and the soldiers began dragging bodies out from under the seats to be loaded and hauled away. There's the Planetary Government murdered to the last man. I'm afraid we can't do anything like that, he said. This seems to be a simple transfer of power by a coup d'etat. Rather more extreme than usual, but normal political practice on this sort of planet. The Empire has no right to interfere. Erskil turned on him indignantly. But it's mass murder. It's an accomplished fact. Whoever ordered this, Citizen Chmid and Citizen Hotep and Citizen Zanar and the rest of your good democratic citizens, are now the planetary government of Aditya. As long as they don't attack us or repudiate the sovereignty of the Emperor, you'll have to recognize them as such a bloody-handed gang of murderers recognize them all governments have a little blood here and there on their hands you've seen this by screen instead of reading about it in a history book but that shouldn't make any difference and you said yourself that the masters would have to be eliminated you've told chmidd and hozhet and the others that repeatedly of course you meant legally by constitutional and democratic means But that seemed just a bit too tedious to them. They had them all together in one room, where they could be eliminated easily, and— Lons, see if you can get anything on the Citadel telecast. Degbrin put on another communication screen and fiddled for a moment. What came on was a view from another angle of the convocation chamber. A voice was saying, "'Not one left alive.' The People's Labor Police, acting on orders of People's Management of Labor Zahoroskohuzik and People's Provost Marshal Jakub Zanar, are now eliminating the rest of the side Devant masterly class, all of whom are here in Zegensburg. The people are directed to cooperate. Kill them all—men, women, and children. We must allow none of these foul exploiters of the people to live to see today's sun go down. You mean we sit here while those animals butcher women and children? Shatrak demanded, looking from the proconsul to the ministerial secretary. Well, by Gnu, I won't. If I have to face a court for it, all well and good, but— You won't, Admiral. I seem to recall some years ago a Commodore Hastings, who got a baronetcy for stopping a pogrom on Anath, and broadcast an announcement that any of the masterly class may find asylum here at the proconsular palace. They're political fugitives. Scores of precedents for that, Erskil added. Shatrak was back at the screen to the Empress Eulalie. Patrick, get a jam beam focused on that telecast station at the Citadel. Get it off the air. Then broadcast on the same wavelength. Announcing that anybody claiming sanctuary at the Proconsular Palace will be taken in and protected, and start getting troops down and all the spacemen you can spare. End of Chapter Nine.